0: This is SAFM Sport. Okay, let's start off then by going to the US and we speak to lawyer, producer, and writer Kelsey Trainer just about the latest developments um, that happened yesterday. Kelsey, good evening from us here in South Africa. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having
0: me. Thank you. I remember when we spoke to you a few months ago after the the court settlement, you described it as a historic day for women, not only in sport, but just in the corporate world also, um, because what the U.S. women's team was fighting for was just an indication of the struggles that women go through around the world. How do you feel now about this equal pay? Do you get the same feeling?
1: Yeah, I would say if the, uh, the settlement of the U.S. women's national team lawsuit felt... Uh, like a historic moment. This feels like a historic moment times ten, uh, because this is the first time globally that you know true equal pay in sport has been achieved, um, and so the way it's been received in the U.S. has been fantastic, um, and it's really unprecedented. It's not something that we have seen before.
0: And, and surely credit must go to the players here because they never wavered. They believed in what they were fighting for and they finally um, got it. I'm sure they'll be remembered for ages.
1: Yeah, the absolute credit to the players, to the lawyers, and I actually have to give a ton of credit to the U.S. men's national team mm. uh, because in order to achieve this pay equality, uh, the men's national team had to take a cut. So what ended up happening is the, equal- the equalization of FIFA World Cup prize money right? And so the men's national team, even when they don't, you know, win it or, or win anything, they still get paid way more money from just making appearances. Um, and so to be able to pull all that money together and then split it equally means the men's national team took a pay cut of what, of what they normally would have received. Um, so, m- so much credit to the players of the U.S. women's national team, the men's national team and U.S. soccer for getting this done because the issue was always fifa prize money right it's always been exponentially higher on the men's side and u.s soccer would always say we can't control that right but now they have controlled it they, they've equalized the money they've pulled it all together from the men and women and then they're splitting it equally
0: maybe just for those who are not aware Kelsey maybe you can just give us some background on this story how did we get here and what what exactly were, what what exactly were they fighting for and why were they fighting for this equal pay
1: yeah, so the U.S. Women's National Team filed uh, an equal pay lawsuit um, they, they, back in March of 2019. They originally filed a complaint with the EEOC in 2016. This fight has been going on, you know, since 1991 and then into 1999 when the women won the World Cup. Um, and they were fighting for equal pay. The the contracts of the men's national team and the women's national team were structured so differently. The women had guaranteed salaries, the men's national team did not, but that's because men players worldwide, whether that's in leagues in the States or across the, the world had way higher salaries for men's leagues. Um, and so, you know, the U.S. US soccer was essentially supplement, supplementing some income. At the end of the day though, the women's national team won four World, world Cups, the men haven't won any, And even just the men for the women for winning the World Cup won exponentially less than the men would have won if they had just played one game. Um, And so they've been fighting this for a long time. Like you said earlier this year, they came to a settlement on the equal pay portion for twenty two million dollars in back pay and two million dollars in a post career uh, charity fund. Um, But that settlement was contingent on the U.S. men and U.S. women's national teams coming together and, and solidifying these new collective bargaining agreements with U.S. soccer.
0: And, and what exactly do these new collective bar- bargaining agreements entail now?
1: So you have the equalization of FIFA prize money. You have identical appearance fees and game bonuses. Again, that did not exist before because the U.S. women's national team had guaranteed salaries. Now they will be on the same pay-to-play structure as the men's national team. You also have a commercial revenue share. Uh, which did not exist. So often, uh, you know, so many sponsors would come in for the U.S. Women's National Team. But the way that U.S. Soccer, you know, did it was that you couldn't really tell where the money was coming from for who, like who, who the money was coming in from. So now, again, commercial revenue uh, in terms of sponsors and broadcast, all of that is going to be pulled together and then split equally among the players. And this deal runs through 2028, so you have a good amount of time. Uh, now for the teams to be on this equal footing and also to rebuild that relationship of trust from U.S. soccer to the teams and fans across the United States and across the world
0: and there is another argument some people will say but the men's football generates more revenue than the women, and that's why the men deserve to be paid more firstly is that the case in the states and what do you make of this argument
1: i totally understand the argument i think it takes uh it doesn't take into account like the history of um of soccer and sport across the world right you soccer was banned for women uh in the uk uh, until you know not too long ago um and so it i I don't think it considers all of the the factors of why men's soccer makes so much more money um but also at the end of the day um this was not a case of the U.S. women's national team trying to control FIFA. Obviously, they want to argue for, you know, equalizing money from FIFA all around. But this was the fact that this money gets paid to U.S. soccer. They're in control of the money that FIFA pays them. And it was entirely within their control to split it equally amongst the men's teams and the women's teams who perform equal work and therefore should get equal pay.
0: And and is it just about money, Kelsey? Or does it also include maybe that training or the playing environment so that women's football can also continue to grow?
1: Yes, and that was actually a a part of the the lawsuit that was settled, um, I believe, a a little over a year ago. Um, And so they get the same training um, environment, the same playing services, travel, hotels, support staff. Um, It's crazy to think that that was not something that existed equally um, prior to this lawsuit, Uh, but that's something that they settled. And then again, with this new CBA, it's reinforced in there. Um, and so now the, the women don't have to focus on, on advocating for themselves for those things because they're already in there. Um, and going forward, I think, I think it will be about um, a pay and, and keeping that equal, you know, for, for decades to come.
0: Okay, let's just go to the lines. We've got Colin in Cape Town. Good evening, my friend.
2: Good evening, my friend. i never miss your program. Thanks,
0: Colin. You're t- far too kind.
2: You know something? No. Um, your guest. I agree. I agree. That uh, you, you can have equal pay. But I just heard you mentioning um, the crowds. You know, in America, we, there's an old saying in America, when we do something, we do it big. The world seems to follow America. Now, you go to Africa or other countries that cannot afford and not get the crowds with the ladies' soccers, um, the female soccer players and the crowds, the revenue goes down. But uh, let's say Manchester City, uh, ladies are playing. You may get 10,000. But when Manchester City the men are playing, you get forty, fifty, hundred thousand. So I would like to ask your guests, do female soccer players get the amount of revenue they what the males get? Thank you
0: okay thanks colin you can drop the phone and listen on the radio i think kelsey it's it's similar to what i was asking before that there is this argument that uh, the men's football generates more revenue and i think that's what colin is is asking about
1: yeah no that's a great question and, and i would say historically right that's accurate uh i will make one counterpoint to what he said about chelsea or, or manchester city women uh just this past weekend 49,000 fans showed up at Wembley for Chelsea versus Manchester City uh, in the FA Cup final at Wembley Stadium. Um, So, to the extent that women's soccer and women's football is growing exponentially when it's given a chance, the fans show up. um, And and the revenue, you you know, you can't have an argument about revenue when, you know, in the UK, women's soccer was banned for, for however many years. Right. So you have back in the early early nineteen hundreds, women's soccer was selling out stadiums uh, and then it gets banned. Right. So you have such a disadvantage in terms of coverage investment. Um, and so I understand the argument of, of where is women's soccer with with revenue compared to the men's side right now. I don't think it's totally comparable, but it is absolutely growing. Um, again, you had a final of, of Chelsea and Manchester City. There was forty nine thousand fans uh, on a Sunday at, at Wembley Stadium.
0: Yeah, and there was a game between Barcelona women and Real Madrid that almost had a hundred thousand people in the stadium. Exactly. Yes, and that was like just recently, a couple of months ago. And and now, do you expect the world to follow? Then, uh, Kelsey, can the world uh, follow what uh, America has done now?
1: I hope so. Um, I do think there's a there's a larger piece in terms of getting the international governing bodies in sport to really buy into this as well. Um, it would be wonderful if, if FIFA made took a stand and made a step to have some sort of equity in terms of um, in terms of men's and women's sides. Um, And so I think that's a a larger component to it. Um, But as I said, I mean, I think a a big shout out to to the U.S. men's national team for their role in this. And I do think that that's part of the equation worldwide, um, is that there needs to be more accomplices and and people in this fight um, so that down the road, like if you want to make comparisons about men's and women's soccer, you can start comparing them because it's apples to apples instead of, you know, apples to oranges. And,
0: and would you know, Kelsey, how different this deal is from what they announced in Norway a couple of years ago when they were also saying that uh, there will be equal pay?
1: I'm not entirely sure of the structure of that deal off the top of my head. Um, but I believe this is the first time that the FIFA prize money has ever been pooled and split between a men's and a women's national team.
2: Okay. no,
0: I hear you. Okay, we've got a voice note on 0614104107. Let's play it.
2: Hey, Teresa. Yeah, man. I think this is a stepping stone, you know, uh, for football as a whole, especially for women's football. And I think, I feel like this should also happen here. Africa, you know, especially here in South Africa, where Bayana Banyana, they also get the same equal pay, you know, for, for their gaps and for us, South Africans, they are the ones who are representing us more more than Bafana Bafana. So I think this is good and Safa should look um, with both eyes and try to also implement it here in South Africa. This is Joseph Mambo from Macau.
0: Thanks for that uh, Joseph and finally Kelsey um with this with this fight that they've been fighting over the years about equal pay has been based on the fact that they are more successful than the men's team or on the fact that they actually work and train and play the same as the men's team they probably even play pay more matches play more matches than the men's team in a, in a year
1: I would say the basis of the lawsuit is probably the second point you made right that they do perform you know the equal equal work and therefore there should be equal pay. But I don't think that this kind of lawsuit is possible without the fact that the US women's national team is exponentially more successful than the men's national team and was still getting paid, you know, millions of dollars less. So in reality, I think it's about the, the you know, equal pay for, for, for equal work. Um, but I also think you can't ignore the fact that I don't know a lawsuit like this is so successful um, and actually happens without the U.S. women's national team being uh, exactly who they are.
0: Okay, for those who are just joining us, we are speaking to Kelsey Trainer all the way from um, the U.S. We were just finding out about the historic deal, an agreement that was announced yesterday about equal pay for men and women's teams, football teams or soccer teams, and she was just giving us insight into that. Kelsey, uh, thank you again for uh, joining us here and being able to speak to us in South Africa. We really appreciate your insight.
1: Thanks for having me
0: thank you folks you can also follow her on social media she is an advocate for women's sport not just football uh, she tweets a lot about women's sports so i'll share that handle with you and you can also follow our guest on social media oh we've got more voice notes okay let's go there